David Houston is, uh, oh my goodness, I don't want to acknowledge how long we've known each other, but <laughs> I've known not. him from the Ogden to Crystal Bridges to um, the Oral Keefe Museum with some other stops uh, along the way. And um, he's a sensational curator and director of the Oral Keefe Museum in Mississippi. Um, and I am uh, today encouraging folks from the New Orleans uh, area to think about uh, checking in on the cultural assets that surround us, um, not just in our city and on in the parishes uh, adjacent, but beyond. And in this case, we're gonna talk a little bit uh, today about the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, where um, I really actually first came to this region there when Bob Tan and my husband was working on the redevelopment of the coast of Mississippi after Camille 
And so I stayed in a little cottage behind a, one of those big old houses facing the bay. Um, and and really just, oh, I should say the coast, I'm sorry, not the bay, the coast. And um, I, uh, you know, was so um, immediately in a ward of the region that I was not at all afraid of moving out of New York to come down here. And here I am today, 50 years later. Now, I thought it was going to be about five years, so sort of Peace Corps five years. Of course, um, yeah. Uh, it that just says kept a going, lot. even though. I kind of made a little foray back into New York in the 90s, but basically have been um, here ever since. And David Houston is one of the people who makes up the environment that I live in that um, I care about and enjoy because he has brought so much art into the homes and into the eyes uh, and ears of people in this region. And um, I, I think that it would be a great thing for anybody who's thinking about it to take a little hike over to the Gulf Coast um, some weekend this summer, and um, actually next weekend is a, a, a very exciting weekend because it is the weekend that um, we are celebrating George Orr's birthday. I don't know what year this would be if he was still alive. Do you know, David? He was born in 1857. Oh, my God. I, I didn't realize it was that long. No, ago. no, no. He, he, is, he is from another world. And when we think of George Orr, George Orr as the greatest art potter in the world, and we place him on a timeline, he is so early and so unique that we're kind of stunned that when the Museum of Modern Art reopened after the renovation about three and a half, four years ago, they placed for the first time decorative arts alongside paintings. Because when they opened in 1929, George Orr could not be there because it was handmade. And they were a museum of modern art and everything was machine made. But since then, they have reformed. And only four years ago, they have placed so-called decorative arts beside paintings in a gallery. And there is a gallery with George Orr directly beside Pablo Picasso, the Belgian painter Ray Don, and the self-taught French postmaster turned painter called Rousseau. Yep. And they call this the Visionary Gallery. And this oh, is the apotheosis of what George Orr said about himself. I am a painter for the future because he knew what he was doing was so visionary and so far beyond the now because he had traveled the entire country and sized up the competition. And once he made that leap from a local potter to someone with a true vision for the future, he was there. And he could never find an audience, institutions, and, you know, it's taken him over 100 years. But here he is. So for my audience who may never have heard of George Orr before, let me say a couple things. He's native son. He native son. He's from Mississippi. He uh, went to Newcomb and uh, taught 
until he got kicked out for being a tad too flirtatious is what I understand. Maybe that's not true. That's mildly phrased. <laughs> and um, and he proceeded to produce thousands of abstract works of art in ceramics that was unprecedented. And to this day, there is no buddy who has worked in pottery who outdoes the audaciousness of his work. He's not to me unlike Frank Gehry's architecture is to the world of architecture. And it, 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 I mean, Gary's had an impact. You, you see new things now that you would never have seen before his work. And the same thing with George Orr, but no one's topped either one of them. And Frank Gehry, in, in fact, wound up um, partially due to some efforts on my and Bob Tannen's part and, and the willingness of a guy named Jerry O'Keefe, who's still one of my all-time heroes, who helped endow and, and get the Orr O'Keefe Museum open, um, persuaded uh, Frank Gehry uh, to come here and, and, and do the design of a very, again, audacious collection of pods of buildings facing the Gulf Coast amidst all of the gambling casinos. So you can go to Mississippi, you can gamble your heart away, you can eat all that buffet food, um, you can um, drink in all the wonderful bars and seafood haunts along the coast and see some of the most remarkable art. And now there is a lot of interesting art also in places like Bay St. Louis and, and Ocean Springs and uh, Biloxi and um, probably soon to be in other parts of the Gulf Coast. Not to mention, if you if you really look at the entire Gulf Coast from Houston to Florida, it is a it is really an art mecca that is totally underappreciated. And and David, just so you know, I tried to get the director of Art Basel in Miami, which yeah. I saw the first year, to consider doing something that would encompass the region. And he didn't get it at all, of course, and so it didn't happen. But well, he's um, never been here, right? To my knowledge, no, yeah. exactly. And he's he's really missing out on on this incredibly rich cultural territory. And I always say that we're we're rich both in historic and legendary um, legacy work, as well as a continuing uh, constant innovation. And you've had some of the most innovative. Uh, visual artists and uh, performing artists in in the Oro Keefe Museum. Too well, many people about, don't know about this museum. Well, we can back up and talk a little bit about something New Orleanians love: food. Yes, we have just okay. had two extraordinary um, James Beard nominated chefs at White Pillars here, and here in Biloxi, right? And yeah, in Biloxi and across the bridge a mile away, Vestige over in Ocean Springs has been an extremely internationally celebrated restaurant. So we have parallel cultures in New Orleans where the food, the visual arts, and the natural environment just creates a place where people want to come. And we're an hour and a half from New Orleans to the museum. But in terms of what we are with 
the beach across the street with the Frank Gehry building, with the exhibitions, with the food. It's like a day trip that you can take everything you value and an hour, half, hour and a half away, just hit the refresh button because it will be very familiar, but totally different. It's um, it's really, uh, I want to say, um, and I, I'm I'm really bad at at metaphors and expressions, but it's it's an overpowering, really um, collection of experiences from the music and food and visual arts and architecture and the natural environment. I mean, I can I never get over the natural environment, whether it's the piney woods or it's the cypress trees and and even the really suffering and damaged some of the big oak trees that have been hit by so many hurricanes. They're all so beautiful. But David, um, coming up on the 15th of July is an important date. And um, it kind of kicks off your summer programming, but it is the birthday of this. He's sometimes called the Mad Potter, which is is, is an expression I don't appreciate really because he's, he's crazy mad only in the sense of defending this the strangeness of his work that was strange to people at the time and still to this day um knocks people out when they see see the work i wish you had a pot in your hands i could have had a pot in my hands i'm gonna have to call out um hey bob tannin (laughs) get vincia to bring me an ore pot i need an ore pot my video with David Houston from the Oro O'Keefe Museum. Okay, you know everybody in the audience. Well, you know, hope, you know, I hope, was, I hope you're Orr okay was, with Orr, natural radio. Was Warhol before Warhol existed. He realized that taking his virtues and making them extreme and charismatic, people would notice. So he excuse me one second. I'm on a Zoom. Go ahead. Anyway, he was Warhol before Warhol existed. He photographed himself at all the world's fairs, and he was a wordsmith. And in some ways, if you look at the timing, he was much more clever than Warhol. He was much more versatile but realized that self-promotion could keep him afloat because he did not want to sell the art pottery piecemeal. He kept it aside as a body of work and he sold inkwells and stovepipes and mugs and all these things to keep his growing family afloat. But this body of work that we value now He protected and preserved, knowing that it was pottery for the future that his time could not understand. How extraordinary is that? that? I think that's one of the, uh, everybody thinks, I think that artists have an easy life. And of course, we who work with them understand so well, thank you so much, um, how hard uh, a life they have and, um, and, and how they, despite how hard it is, 
They continued to do the work because it's so important to them. And they, they hope that in some era, people will understand and appreciate their work. But that's a, that's a difficult thing to, to hope for. You are holding a folded vessel. Isn't this sensational? That was oh so God. visionary. That the this entire is, and, and tell, tell people century, when this was made, David. This they have to understand that this made was not made. The, it was made before the First World War. I thought, I thought it, was it was made, made even before earlier the than First that. World War. Yeah, I mean, he died in 1918, the year the war ended, and stopped making pottery before. So this is, if you look at it in terms of history. This is a visionary 19th century art spaceship to the future. And, you know, what we say here is we have one destination with two masters, George Orr and Frank Gehry. And what they both do, they take things that are solid and they make them fluid. Oh, right, right. That's a great way. Whether to, it's clay, folks. So what, steel, what can I say? He knows how to express what artists do, and that's, that's and that is the thing. magic that affects people. And the first time that Frank Gehry saw a George Orwell pot, he said, "I met a kindred spirit." And mm -hmm. when you go out to the office today um, in Los Angeles, it's a plyboard desk with four Frank Gehry pieces flowing like the ones in your hand. And the pod galleries that we have are directly influenced by the folded flowing surfaces of George Orr pots turned into 21st century stainless steel architecture. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, I'm just see it. I'm, I'm, I'm see it. We're really I, close. I, you know, you don't handle the pieces that often. They're they're in a showcase most of the time. <laughs> but holding them in my hands and, and reflecting the that weird orange light that I have on me right now. I don't know why it's so orange, but um maybe you just well, say it's how it's exotic like. it is. But you know what, David, I'm noticing as I turn this around and around. His work was also a little bit on the sexual side. And I always see. Always. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very sexy piece. Let's go face through it. the history of architecture from Frank Lloyd Wright on, you know, sensuality, the body, experiential, important things in life filter into art. They filter into the things we value. And I think some of those things are intuitively communicated to people that are collectors and viewers. You know, they aren't going to look at it and say, this is sexual, but on a very human level, intuitively, there's an experience in their world that connects them to that pot and what George Orr felt when he made it. And that's the hey. intangible thing about art that we all love. You can't quantify, you can't define it, but it's there. So how do you celebrate the birthday 
of such an incredibly advanced, ahead of his time, innovative and beautiful, uh, maker of beautiful things. So it, it, it better be a pretty smashing party, David, I'm telling you, you know, how do you live up to a man like that? Okay, what are you doing? Well, we have party demonstrations, some as an homage to or some as straightforward pottery, because part of our legacy is continuing the tradition of ore. And we do that with artists that work with craft materials in a very conceptual way. But we also have food, we have music, or paid, played two or three instruments in the local band. He, you know, he danced, he played instruments, he just enjoyed life and pottery. And what he did as a simple working class son of a blacksmith was so extraordinary. And it's all about the spirit. So what we say we do with our curatorial mission and this party is to try to extend the legacy of George Orr in Biloxi and beyond. Okay. So if I come, and we might just be out there next weekend because we were going to go out this weekend. And when I saw that invitation, I said, hmm, I think maybe we have to change our plans. And so we're planning to come out. What am I going to experience? Well, you can eat, drink, put your hands in clay. You can watch other people make clay. You can see the extraordinary unseen works of New Orleans self-taught artist, Willie White, that you and Bob oh, oh, have right. generously loaned and has excited people here because they didn't know about Willie White and his, his genius. We have um, an important- Before we leave Willie White, let me just point out to my listeners and viewers that Willie White was actually originally from Mississippi, if I remember Born correctly. Born across from Natchez. African-American, worked in the maritime industry, and settled on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard and hung his work, his, his um, I don't know, do you call those paintings? They were made with magic marker, but are they paintings? They're basically? markers on board. They're drawings, I guess. Drawings. Yeah. On a clothesline on his porch. <laughs> and and people who were were paying attention to what someone had had created would come up to the porch and talk to him and buy some of this work that was hanging on a clothesline, including my husband, who I think he never went uptown New Orleans without stopping there and talking to Willie and and picking up some work. And we had a show for him at the uh, Myrtle Banks. Uh, school when we had our gallery there. And um, I'm thrilled that he is being seen by folks on the Gulf Coast in his original home state. Well, this is a show of an extraordinary artist selected by artists. And the intensity and the focus has really impressed our audience.
have another unusual show by a 90-year-old artist. He, he'll be 90 this year, Leo Twiggs from South Carolina. And I've he heard of him. Batique Painters. And he works in series, and he has responded to many events that have affected the African-American community for the last, I don't know, what, 75 years? And he's just being honored for his accomplishments by a doctorate at the Virginia Theological Seminary this month. But their, their series about the tragedy of Mother Emanuel, the killing in Charleston, South Carolina, of all those people just murdered while they were at a church service. But his concerns for African-American identity and culture have been long-term. He's been an educator. He has nurtured three generations of African-American artists. And it's just a privilege for us to have a career survey of his work in our African-American gallery. And that gallery, by the way, is um, really an important, I, I think it's the first uh, uh, gallery that features Black art in Mississippi. And um, again, Jerry O'Keefe, who is himself a visionary and a, um, an extraordinary person, made sure that that gallery became part of the group of, of separate pod-like buildings that comprise uh, the Oral Keefe Museum. What else am I going to experience when I come next Saturday for the birthday party? Well, you'll, Saturday, see Willie White, you'll see Willie White, you'll see Leo Twiggs, you'll see three really great galleries of George Orr experiencing his genius, everything from functional to the wildly experimental where he's making pots in 1910 and writing poetry on the sides and the pots are moving like Frank Gehry buildings. The um, two other artists we have, Mario Petrina is a Cuban born artist that lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was our crafts fellow last year. And he has made a very unusual exhibition of shards and fragmented works on the floor of one of the Gary pods. So it flows like water. It's not what you expect from a ceramic artist. It's an installation, but it's really engaging to the viewer. And I'm really surprised how many people that have never seen work like this have felt really engaged with Mario and what he's doing. And Gene Koss, who is a longtime artist at Tulane University, has an indoor and an outdoor show in the unfinished pod because we can only put work that doesn't need air conditioning there. And it's the last show we have in this pod because we've received a $1 million grant from the Coastal Restoration Fund to finish the entire 
campus. Wow. And within a year of now, we'll, we, we will have finished the campus and be an official Frank Gehry project, the only museum in the Southeast. And it's a big deal. You have the greatest architect in the world with all of these important artists from George Orr and his legacy rotating in and out. And we're an hour and a half from New Orleans. You can come here, you can eat, sleep, gamble, or even drive home, but come see us. And eat, <laughs> and eat, and eat, and, and view a lot of really um, very impactful, emotional, um work so i mean there's art that kind of hangs on the wall and then there's art that reaches out and moves you and the uh, work of george or reaches out and moves you it really 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 does and i i only wish i was um a little bit better endowed so i could have more of it we have a few pieces <laughs> but i i, I, ew, I mean the, the it's one a good thing i don't have a lot of money because can you can you imagine how overstuffed it's already overstuffed my home? So <laughs> anyway, and, and, and it also just happens to be the birthday of another I consider to be great artist. And that is uh, my husband, Robert Tannen, whose birthday is also on July 15th. So we'll be kind of celebrating his birthday as we celebrate George's when we come over um, to, well, uh, we we how we started we here. Always, we always region. celebrate Bob and his accomplish, accomplishment and generosity, but we will celebrate him in a different way in this coming year at the Oro O'Keefe, juxtaposing the friendship and collaboration between Frank Gehry and Bob Tanner. And uh, that, is that really going to happen, David? I'm so it's gonna I'm happen. thrilled. I'm thrilled. Gonna You're going to make it happen, right? It's going to happen Good. because what they did happen and all I have to That's do right. is document right. it. That's right. That's they right. have the history That's and right. I have the museum. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, um, and, you know, I, I just I don't want to downplay um, and, and leave out the magic of the, the, the little towns uh, and cities uh, in the case of Gulfport and Biloxi. Um, uh, and uh, Waveland and Bay St. Louis on the Gulf Coast. Um, you're talking about an incredible mixture, of course, of the beach and the Gulf itself. And there's nothing like watching shrimp boats cruise out in the water and, and, and stepping your feet into the um, kind of gentle waves because it, we're not talking about the Atlantic seashore. We're talking about, you know, the Gulf, which is when it's not having a hurricane, um pass over Don't it say the uh, H word. is 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 a gentle uh warm soft kind of experience to walk in that water i mean again you know when i first came here and and that was my first experience in this area i said mm -hmm, i think i can do this <laughs> you know and wound up staying here a lot longer than i thought you're still here yep it's a lifetime um now what about the rest of the summer what you got going well we are beginning this every third Thursday. We're free. We have music. We have special food. And it's our chance to invite the community in. But a lot of people come from afar. So we um, open exhibitions on that date. 
and the third Thursday is one of our focal points. And the next big one is August, because we are working with a really large, significant exhibition from South Arts in Atlanta. And it's nine artists that receive a fellowship from nine states. And the fellowship is a $10,000 fellowship. And then there is a Southern Prize winner that receives an additional $25,000 award and a, a runner-up that receives $10,000. So on August 17th, the third Thursday of August, we're having special music, we're having food, and we're hosting the South Arts Southern Prize with $75,000 of awards, and all the artists will be here, all of their supporters. So it's gonna be a really great moment. A big, great, big art party. And and uh, just for people again, who may not be familiar, the South Arts Organization, that's pretty serious business. I've written a couple of grants to them that I did not get. And I'll be happy to uh, to see who who these folks are. But I know that their institution is an important one, and the fact that again they've given so much money to so many artists is um, is, is really and it's so amazing that they selected your museum to do it in. What a great uh, honor that is! That's a that's a big deal. Well, it's a good partnership, and what's wonderful about them is they support artists. So many organizations only give money to other organizations, but their big thing is to support artists. And they've given me grants before, but the grants weren't for me. They were through me to support artists that I right. believed in. Right. And, the artists. and it's it's a different thing. And yeah. we're happy to have them in the house. Mm-hmm. So that takes us into August and, and hopefully with no storm in between the fall comes and what does the fall look like? Let's let's you know, I, people I, I know I'm still going to have to say you really have to be thinking hard about what it would be like to go spend actually not just a day, but a weekend on the Gulf Coast and experience the beach, the birds people walking with their dogs on the beach, but also all the great eateries, places to drink and have a, a blast, including at the Orr Museum itself. And, and to see, I mean, really world-class art. His art would be, I want, I want to just bring this home to everybody. His art is in museums all over the globe. That's how important he is. And he is right here, under our eyes in Biloxi, Mississippi. So um, it, it's it's really uh, an incredible experience to see his work. But uh, who else are you going to be showing in the fall? Well, in the fall, we have the nine artists from South Arts, and they oh, will so that continues. Up, yeah, they will take up all of the campus except for George Orr, and then that will be followed up by. Tannen and Gary. So what we're that's, doing that's is a pretty incredible bill. Something a little different in that we're taking the entire campus and giving it over to the nine South Arts Fellows and then Gary and Tannen. And 
we've gradually started moving some art in. We have Tannen's compass from the old Lee Circle on campus now. That's uh, and let me just event. interrupt you and say that Tanner was the first person to redirect the purpose of Lee Circle before um, we got around to finally taking the Lee statue down and actually saying that something else has to happen here, which hasn't been determined yet. But the, the four boulders with the north, south, east, west, trying to help people understand the compass of New Orleans, both physically and metaphysically and morally. I mean, God knows we have need a little help with our compass, our moral compass, our all our compasses. So um, that was an interesting piece. By the way, I just have to say to my audience, I just want you to know that when I called David and said, let's do something about the birthday party and, and what's going on this summer, I really, really wasn't thinking about, and this is, this is the truth, the Gary Tannen show. I, I, I mean, you know, my mind can just kind of zero in on things. And I really was zeroed in on, oh, George Orr's birthday party at the Oral Keep Museum in Biloxi. Let's get some folks out of the city and, and go experience the Gulf Coast at a beautiful time of the year. That's the truth. Now, having said that, I have to say, oh, thank you for mentioning the fact that the Gary Tannen show is coming up in the Look, winter. Everything we do is overshadowed by that because Orr created the inspiration for Gary and it's reciprocal. And Gary would not be here without you and Bob. And you were early collectors. And the dialogue between creativity, form, innovation, and conceptual ideas is free-flowing. And there are not a lot of institutions that have those people that are that open and connected. So embrace it because that's what we're about. Well, on the other hand, I have to say that, well, I'm not at all, um, I'm not particularly spiritual, religious, or, um, uh, you know, um, mystical but I person, but I do think certain things are meant to be. And the marriage of, of Frank Airy and, and Orr, I mean, how could that not have happened somehow, whether it was Tannen and me or it was somebody else somehow? Uh, and Jerry, I mean, I, I still say Jerry, former mayor of, of Biloxi and, and visionary himself, um, who, who, by the way, one of the most important things about um, him that uh, some people realize and others may not, is that he was... Um, very much uh, a, a man of diversity and believing in all people in the state of Mississippi. And, and that was part of his profile. And so it's not surprising at all that he would support this, quote, Mad Potter, uh, because he, he was so open to people and making things happen. So I just have to, again, and I, I think this is the third time I said something about uh, Jerry, but I can't not say that well since this is new <laughs> orleans i can close with this quote the relationship between or gary tannen is formal conceptual but like you said from the start sexual good night <laughs> thank you very much david thank you gene houston 
um, director of the Oro Keefe Museum, curator supreme, and um, I, I hope that I make good on getting out there with my uh, new ugly SUV that I hate, but it definitely is easier to uh, handle than my little sporty thing that was a was a mistake. And so um, I think we'll make it out there. And um, we are here. Oh, what time Thanks. does the party start on Saturday? Well, it's kind of all day long, but kind of 530 to 7:30 is the focus. There'll okay. be things happening all day. We're doing when some. When do they start? Things. How early in the morning? Ten. How early in the morning does do things start? We're, we're open at ten, and through the day we're doing community-based things like eye screenings for the local community through the Lions Club. So a lot of things are very local and grassroots. Come to the museum, have your children's eyes checked, have lunch, get some free food and drink, and. So it's it's a community event, but it's also a large celebration of Orr and his accomplishment. Much as I love art, have me an ice cream. <laughs> uh, as you said in the beginning, it's it's uh, going to be a multitude of pleasures. So I look forward to it. Thank you very much, David, for your time Thanks, tonight. Thanks, Always wonderful okay. to be with you. Uh, and um, I, I know that uh, my audience will uh, enjoy hearing about this. And, 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 and folks, really think about it. Get out of the city. It's only an hour and a half. And Bay St. Louis has all kinds of galleries and, and antiques and uh, eateries. And you go across a bridge and then you've got that beautiful expanse along the, the beach. And then and there's Biloxi with this incredible uh, art site museum and then if you want to you can go gamble it all away in the evening you know i don't know but i think that you'd rather be in the museum and listen to the music and eat the food and look at the art david houston thank you We've so much we've all earned it thank you gene good night have a ball bye-bye